It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. A lot happened last week, and even over the weekend, we had some Avalanche news. Whenever we get some news, it's good, because it seems like things are happening in the world of hockey, and the Avalanche sign one of their young prospect goalies to a entry-level contract. And uh, Mike Chambers over at the Denver Post talks about what the Avalanche probably won't do during the uh, free agency period. Uh, Kind of maybe, again, we're we're getting bits of information on possible, possibles, I guess you could call them on things for the season coming back and things for the draft and things for free agency on how these things might possibly work. And we got something to that effect of the draft, which will probably really annoy Avalanche fans. But then again, it might not. We'll get into that. And why not go back and revisit when Ray Bork finally won the cup? The audio for that is fantastic. Never gets old. So why don't we go revisit that as well? lot to get to get to today, but like we always do, first things first, follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche, send your comments, questions, concerns, opinions over to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, and Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. So where are we going to start? Let's start with player news and the Avalanche signing uh, one of their 2018 draft. I think it was a third round draft pick and that is a, a goalie and he goes by the name of Eustace Anonin. And what does this say? Well, first, let's let's take a look at him as a player. And, you know, he, he's one of those guys that you know who he is just because he's he's a part of the Avalanche franchise. And uh, when they drafted him, I don't think it, it really shook the world. They actually traded down in the third round to get him. They had a pick. I don't remember the exact picks. I think they had like 57. And I think they wanted him but knew they probably could get him a couple picks later. So they dropped down, grabbed a fifth-round pick in the process. So they just basically got an extra pick for nothing because they still wanted the same guy. Uh, and and he has been in uh, the Finland League and has, by all accounts, been really tearing it up. He's 20 years old right now. Uh, he was 15-5-3, a 1.77 goals against average for, I think it's pronounced Karpat. I'm just saying it phonetically. Could be pronounced differently. I don't know. I don't watch Finland hockey that much. But the thing that impresses me is he's a big boy. Six foot four. I've seen his weight between 210 and 215 
either way that that's that's good like he's uh he's on on the the bigger athletic side the things that i hear are his uh lateral move movement needs a little bit of work uh but i i went on and and watched some uh youtube clips of him and he looks good so what does this mean does this mean the avalanche are kind of happy with what they have with with him. I mean, he he's going to be entry level, so that means a lot of things. Um, and I think right now they're keep. I think for him, he'll develop uh, wherever he is played. I think he has one more le- uh, one more year left in the Carpat League, and then he can come here. And then it's the whole thing. If he plays less than nine games, that that first year doesn't count being an entry-level con- contract. So you can only push this out for a number of years, which really gives them time for what they have currently uh, with, with their with their goaltenders, it, with Francois and Grubauer. So there's no rush for him to get up there, but this could be something like what the Rangers were doing with Shesterskin, if I'm pronouncing that completely incorrectly. Uh, they gave him time, and and now he's looks like he's going to be taking over the Rangers goalie. He seems to be in a dogfight with another guy. Uh, but this is set up nicely for the Avalanche to really see what they have in him. And if he is that guy, you bring him up and you and and you 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 know you try him out. Maybe bring him in at number uh, two in the beginning, but. You will have enough time to to see what you have with the guys you have right now. Bring him up maybe in a year or two. And if he's the guy, you can slot him in. And, and I think this is just another brilliant move by Joe Sackick. Having all of these draft picks and these, these young guys within the system. Um, and they're not going out and spending a ton of money on maybe an overpriced goalie. Uh, someone who wasn't performing well and maybe just wanted to get to a new city and throwing a ton of money at them, and then they continue to not perform well. He is throwing, and he's done this, he's throwing all of his money and all of his resources into building up this franchise for the long term. And when you have guys like this that have so much potential, you can get them on the cheap, and you're not maxing, you're not always pressed up against that salary cap. I think it's just a, a, a brilliant move. And if he doesn't pan out, I mean, there's other moves that you can make. If nothing is ever set in stone where if it doesn't work out with this guy, all of a sudden you're, you've set yourself back five years. No, you haven't. Because you know what you have. You, you're going to know what you have with him in a couple years. And then you make moves accordingly if he's not your guy. And if he is your guy, by the time you bring him up, what is he, 22 years old? And maybe you're set for the next 10 years in goal. I like everything about it. And like I said, if you want to go watch some clips on him, uh, he's a pretty impressive guy. And I like that he's a bigger body, but he's, he's athletic. Um, And I think he could, I think he could bring a lot to the future of this team and the way that it's going right now with the goalies, I'm happy with the goalies, but you never know. Things can change uh, in in one year. Look what happened with Varlamov. Uh, He, he was, goalie of the world um and then the next year it just things didn't seem to go right for him so you can't always rely on what you have panning out indefinitely uh you need guys like this and, and well Joe Sackick wants guys like this 
to have in his back pocket. And if they pan out, he looks like a genius. If he doesn't, they, they took a shot on a third-round goalie, a goaltender that didn't pan out for them. So there, there's really no downside to, number one, when they drafted him, and there's no downside to doing what they're doing with him right now. Everything is setting up perfectly for, again, for the avalanche down the road. There's a, I think it was a Yahoo article that came out, uh, power ranking the future for NHL teams, and the avalanche were number one. And that was before this move was made. I'm not saying this move, if they were number two, this move would have bumped them up. No, again, this move is not going to have earth-shattering effects through the NHL. But for this franchise, I, 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 you just have to stand and applaud again for another just smart move by Joe Sackick. So we'll get into a little bit of uh, possibilities for the offseason free agency whenever that may be. Uh, but before we get to that, I mentioned Built Bar in the beginning of the episode. And all this week's episodes are going to be brought to you by Built Bar. They sent us, I'll just be completely honest with you guys, they sent us samples of all of their their uh, nutrition bars. And I am a nutrition bar uh, enthusiast, I guess you could say. I, I love trying new ones. Um, I have my go-tos. And I am swear to you, Built Bar might be my new favorite. You all know about energy bars and how they have that kind of like gritty... Some have that really bad chalky taste. I don't know how these guys did it over at Built Bar, but they honestly made these bars taste like a candy bar. And they and I say that, and you think like, oh, they have to be unhealthy for you. They are very healthy for you. The the one that you probably everybody uses, they're really not that healthy for you. Uh, but Built Bar has very low sugar, uh, only about 170 calories per bar. And I've tried. We've got. 10 flavors that they sent us um, and every single one I have tried so far is fantastic and I I am a peanut butter connoisseur you could say um, and they did a fantastic job with their peanut they have a peanut butter brownie one which is amazing so go to builtbar.com and you can use the promo code locked on like I said in the beginning you'll get ten dollars off your first order but you have to use the promo co code Locked on L O C K E D O N for ten dollars off your first order at builtbar.com. My name is Paul Stewart, a third generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand up old school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads. But recently, I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so when, you know, Joe Sackett makes a move like that, like I said, not earth-shattering, but I think looking forward for the Avalanche, it's a great move. And I think this just solidifies how committed Joe Sackick is to building this team the way he wants to build it and setting it up for the future and not making the big dive at the trade deadline or uh, during free agency period. And Mike Chambers from the Denver Post came out with an article and said, don't expect big moves again from the Avalanche this offseason, whenever that might be. They were going after Taylor Hall um, at the trade deadline. I think that was, I'd li- I, I wanted them to acquire him for the right price. It didn't, it didn't pan out. Fine. And things obviously went, continued to go well for the Avalanche. People, because they they were going after him at the deadline, of course the Avalanche are going to be attached to Taylor Hall again in the trade or in the uh, free agency. And the other big name for uh, free agency this offseason, Alex Petrangelo from the Blues. And Chambers is saying don't expect the Avalanche to acquire either one of those guys and probably don't even expect the Avalanche to attempt to acquire either one of those guys and as the years go on and the trade deadlines come and go and the free agencies come and go i'm more inclined to believe him Uh, you always want your team to be in that that market where they make the big splash and get the big name whether it's at the trade deadline or during free agency period and the avalanche just don't do that um, and I think that's a testament to Joe Sackick and how he wants to build this team. And he, right now, he's having success doing that. So he has a system. He stands by it. I don't think he's ever, you know, he, I think, I really do think he looks at all the different options. And if he can bring in a guy for the right price, whether it's free agency or if he can bring in a guy at the trade deadline, and he's, he has shown. He is not going to sacrifice the future to make a big splash in a trade. Uh, we don't have to think about trades right now because that's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, we're, we're more in free agency mode right now. So even having said that, I don't think he's just going to go out and and go gangbusters and sign someone to a, a high contract, both in annual salary and uh, years. If it doesn't fit the team, if it doesn't fit the system, he's just not going to do it. So I, I don't think, uh, I think, I think he liked the idea of Taylor Hall as a rental. Uh, 
oddly enough, because it would have it would have just put them in another in another league in another stratosphere, and I think he wanted that for this season. And if you win a cup with him, then maybe you can kind of have that conversation with Taylor Hall after the season's over. Say, hey, you want to stay here? We can only offer you so much. You'll still make a good amount of money, uh, but we can guarantee you you'll be playing for a cup every year. And so where is your where's your mind at? Is it on the money or is it on the cup? You know, and we can offer you X amount, which will still be a good amount, but you'll be playing for a cup every year. And then you, it's put up or shut up, put your money where your mouth is. All these players say they want to play for a championship, but rarely do any of them really go to where – uh, the, the, a team that's competing is, and they kind of go for the money. It happens all the time. Can you fault them for that? No, but um, just be honest about that then. <laughs> but none of them will ever say that. So I don't see, like I said, I agree with Chambers. I don't think they're going to be huge players in the free agency market, so we can kind of forget about the Taylor Halls of the world and the Petrangelos of the world. Now, the other thing I look forward to is the draft. We have no idea what's going on with the draft. There's so many things that need to get figured out. Uh, and and what they one thing I read is they they're thinking about having the draft pretty much a month from now, which would be about three weeks earlier than normal. What does that mean for when the season uh, might come back? I don't think either one is connected, but I think what at least something the NHL might be thinking of is maybe to strike while the iron's hot. Because a lot of people tuned into that NFL draft. And I was one of them. And I said it in last week's show, one of the shows last week, that I loved the fact that we didn't have screaming, belligerent fans uh, in the stands watching the draft. I liked the calmness of the draft of just guys in their houses. I wish we could do that every year. Not going to happen. But they got a lot of ratings. So I think the NHL wants to follow they're gonna have to follow that and i think they might want to do it sooner rather than later so people will tune in and you can kind of promote it like oh we're doing it the way the nfl did it and maybe you'll get some eyes watching it outside of the fanatics and and hockey uh enthusiasts and over at uh mile high sticking uh nadia what's that? nadia archuleta had a really really good article on the possibilities of a June, early June draft, and she now as as I'm reading through this particular article, I'm like, man, none of this like would fly in any other season, and it wouldn't because this is not a typical season. But at the end, she she kind of changes my mind. <laughs> she says, I, I don't mind the NHL's proposal. Frankly, it's a bit more of a gamble than the NHL usually takes. They're usually so cautious. And, you know, like this, this would be a talking point. <laughs> Can you imagine if that scenario happened where you, you awarded a team that's just on the outside uh, of the, if, if you're picking the, the draft and you're picking the draft lottery and say that team is Minnesota or Chicago and you do the lottery, the lottery before the season starts back up. They win the number one seed, somehow get into the playoffs, and go on a run. Do they do they win the cup? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, you've awarded a playoff team the number one pick in the draft. It, it, it would be in in 
for people like me, that would be a talking point for, uh, you know, a month's worth of shows. So, uh, it, it would be very interesting to, to, to see happen. And for, in some weird roundabout way, I kind of would like to see that happen because this is just a, a craziness and stuff that we're going through is just unprecedented times. And that would only add to it. So uh, will it happen? I have no idea. But again, this is something where I am just glad I'm not the one making decisions. I'd love to be in the room to to see how they're making these decisions. But I'm happy I'm not the one. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not the Gary Bettman's of the world making these decisions because there's going to be some decisions in here that people are not going to be happy with. You can almost be assured of that. Well, one thing this whole hiatus is uh, letting us do is go back in time and kind of revisit moments we've probably revisited many times in the past. <laughs> Let's get real. Uh, but I think one of the the ones that absolutely never, ever gets old is Ray Bork holding up that Stanley Cup for the first time, taking it from Joe Sackick, hoisting it over his head, and uh, if you don't get emotion from that, um, check your pulse. Because it's just one of the, the greatest moments for me in, in uh, sports history. For uh, teams that I follow. And just being a fan of sports, uh, you that that's what you want to see. Even if you weren't an Avalanche fan and you were just watching the Stanley Cup. You were watching the Stanley Cup because you wanted to see uh, kind of like a living legend who's been so deserving of it, uh, finally get it. Um, so let's revisit that right now. Here it comes. 1892. It costs 10 guineas, $48.67 for the bowl. Originally called the Dominion Hockey Challenge Cup. Taken over by the National Hockey League 108 times. It has been battled for. And for the second time, the Colorado Avalanche franchise has won it. The Avalanche really have proven again with so many people involved in professional athletics know and that is that adversity doesn't build as much character as it reveals and the Avalanche revealed masses of character. This has been a tremendous Stanley Cup Finals and we should start by congratulating the Devils for defending the Cup so gallantly. I'd also like to congratulate Stan Kroenke, Don Elman, Pierre Lacroix, Bob Hartley, and all of the players. This is the most magnificent trophy in sports and the hardest to win, particularly when you have to go through the defending champion. Congratulations to the Avalanche on a remarkable season. You saw Sackett go over to Pat 2, Ray There's Moore. one player who's waited a long time to hoist this. Joe Sackett, come get the cup so he and the rest of your teammates can hoist. Joe Sackett will come out to receive it as captain. The Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche. And after 22 years,
psychics telling him, take that thing and skate. Skate it, baby. Skate it. We'll follow you. I'm not sure Ray is going to be able to skate and navigate his way around the ice through his own tears. Pushing Rob Blake to get up behind Joe Sackick to hoist it next. 11 years for Rob Blake waiting. Here he goes. of Raymond Bork, Brian Englund. Raymond, 22 years. You did it. You did it. Is the reality as good as the dream? Uh, it's unbelievable, and it's going to get better. And I really had a tough time holding everything back, right off the national anthem. I'm really emotional. I couldn't let it go, and uh, it was tough to keep it together. And found a way to do it, and couldn't uh, couldn't let it go till the end, till the final buzzer. And, you know, we showed a lot of heart and character. We're down 3-2 going to Jersey. And all year we said home ice would be a key, and it certainly was. This was, a, this was a lot about family. I know that for you too, Ray. And obviously the big question is, are you going to be back next year? I don't even want to think about that for a couple of weeks, two or three weeks. And we'll see. Are you leaning one way or the other at all? I can't say. Your family's been outstanding here. It was a big sacrifice for them too, wasn't it? Well, we made, we made the move right there, and uh, man, it came through and it was well worth it. Something we're going to look back on, and it's going to be unbelievable, and it's only going to get better. I mean, the stories are going to get better and better as we age. Congratulations, Ray. Raymond Bork, Stanley Cup champ. I think Joe wanted to talk about after game six, and I wouldn't let him. Um, I said, we're going to have plenty of time uh, if we do uh, get it done or when we're going to get it done um, between uh, at the end of the game and, and when it's going to come out, uh, what we're going to do with it. And he just wanted me to go up there and uh, grab it. But he's our leader. He's been all year. I said, grab it and give it to me, and I'll run with it for a little bit. To be able to give it to, to a legend uh, like that, it's I mean, just a great feeling to see him uh, raise the cup. This one was... Uh... It was a bit of uh, was a bit bumpy at times, and then and, and um, adversity, and and uh, there was a name missing on that thing. And uh, today, I mean, it's it's back to normal. Yeah. How do you not get chills just just listening to all of that over again, and just uh, even listening to it? I know this is a podcast, and that's audio. <laughs> Uh, but you can, you can visualize what is going on, uh, and you've seen it so many times, but, uh, just listening to it, 
is just enough to give you goosebumps and just everything about it was perfect and he's not the type of guy that uh you know and he says that he 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 says joe wanted to talk about what do you want to do if we win this thing and he's like i am not going there uh i've been down this road too many times so let's just win the thing and then right before we can discuss it it seems like that's what happened and give credit to joe sakic for not uh, he, he knew the moment wasn't his, you know, being the captain and the face of the franchise, you know, literally even now, pretty much the face of the franchise, save for maybe Nathan McKinnon. Um, but he is Mr. Avalanche and he knew the moment belonged to somebody other than him. And uh, it was great to just see him turn, hand it to Borg. And, and even even after he had it over his head, he kind of skated towards the the group of players and Sakic told him turn around and and skate <laughs> had him hold it for a, a little while longer and uh it was just one of those moments I'll never forget it and I, I just, you just wish it, it could play out uh longer and longer and you could just sit in that moment and stop time and just and and live in it forever um and you know in a way you can because you have things like this and YouTube and um, where you can you know, always relive it, but uh, when it happened, it was definitely, definitely a, a very, very special moment. So we need more of those, and we need hockey to be back so we can create more incredible moments like that one. So maybe we'll get it back. Like I said in the beginning, it seems to be trending in that direction. Things are changing a little bit, ever so slightly. And it seems like, again, we're always getting possibles on what could happen uh, when the season could start, if it could start, when next season could start, all that other crazy stuff. So bottom line is I think we just want some freaking hockey back. So I think everybody can agree with that. That'll be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me here. We'll be back on Wednesday. And definitely make sure check out Locked On NHL. Uh, They'll keep you updated on everything going on across the entire league, not just the Avalanche. If you're just an NHL fan and want to just hear everything going on across the league, definitely tune in to Locked On NHL. That's it for today, guys. See you Wednesday. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!